0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here calling you from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Today we have an amazing guest, very, very interesting guest, Essie Bagheri, and he and I have been on a journey together to set up his podcast And it's been such a great journey, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear about his story, about his process and life, about his podcast that's coming, his book. There are so many great things to say about Essie, and you are here today. You're finally here on the show.
2: How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's uh, it's a blast uh, getting to know you and uh, looking forward uh, with our journey and uh, working together.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk about your book called Shattered Souls. And your podcast called Resiliency Talks. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit better. So, just take in the next 5-10 minutes and tell our audience who you are. Your story is so interesting, and you you've overcome a lot in your life. And so, go ahead. You can have the floor. Just tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Where to start, uh, Dallas? My my story has been uh, it's been absolutely uh, the fact that I'm alive is it's total miracle and. Uh, uh, when I look back uh, where I came from and where I'm at today, uh, it's uh, absolutely it's not, uh, not not something that I could uh, I could uh, uh, written or I could picture. I am originally from Iran. I was born in in Iran in. Uh, I don't want to call it dysfunctional I try to be positive and and but at the same time I I I, I was born in, into really uh, uh at the time uh unhealthy and uh, uh dysfunctional family and uh my journey has been it, it's uh, it's so long and it's so it's true it's so much that uh you know I believe uh, I believe in God I believe in God I believe in that uh, there is something bigger than me that has, uh, you know, brought me in t- into this earth for 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 a reason,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I I tr- uh, I try and I cannot figure that out what that is. But here's what I know. Here's what I know that. Uh, uh, if it was by any document or anything that I wanted to, there is, there's, I shouldn't be here. You know, uh, growing up in a family, uh, my mom was six months, uh, uh I was six months old when, uh, my, my father, uh, took me from my mom and, uh, and, you know, uh, raised up with, uh, stepmom and, uh. Before age of five, I like I five years old. I find out I have two mothers, and I was shocked. That was traumatic by itself. Uh, before age of uh, nine, I was physically, mentally, sexually abused, and uh, uh, at age of thirteen, I was. Uh, it was Iran Iraq uh, war that uh, I was brainwashing to go to uh, uh, become a. Uh, in a suicide mission to, to dismantle landmines and wow. that by itself was like uh, very traumatic i don't pray for uh, anyone to to even imagine to put the, their mm-hmm. kids in that situation but this is just basically my life story before age of uh, uh, you know in 14 years and, and a lot of things happened that we're going to get into it in in our in our talk Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, your book. One more time, it's called "Shattered Souls: The True Stories of a Child Soldier." And that alone, it's like, what did you experience? You know, like my goodness, so many difficult things in your life. Another thing that you have in the book is says, from a child sexual assault victim to a boy soldier to a teen father to an adult recovering drug addict, you have a lot to talk about. Talking about bravery and strength and loss and hope. So many different things you've experienced at a young age. And then, let alone growing up and experiencing all of that, overcoming all of that, healing from all of that, as well. And so, from that point in Iran, what happened after that?
2: As I said, while I was in a in a battlefield, I was uh, I was trained to dismantle landmine for almost six months. I trained to to kill as a as a as a fourteen years old kill, uh, child and uh, but it was uh, it was middle of the night uh, one of the uh, operation that uh, me and a couple of my friends that we were in uh, in a in a mission to dismantle landmines and two of them front of me a step on the the uh, in, on a landmine and uh, and front of my eyes they just it to the pieces and and the, and that's like i can't even you know because i talk about it a lot write a book about it and a lot of other so things I can talk about it. I don't, it doesn't have a power on me but uh, then through the impact of that explosion threw me a few meters away and I became I became conscience and I and I, and I didn't want I didn't I was just uh, dismantled my and uh, so I couldn't go back and say, hey, I'm sorry, I changed my mind and I couldn't go through my mission. what what should I do? So I picked up my AK-47, put it in my left arm and, uh, and shut myself. And that's experience by itself is even thinking about it all these years later, it still gives me, ah, like, you know, tightened my heart. And, uh, and so, and that's, that's what happened. And, uh, they, uh, nobody knew about it. That was the biggest secret of my life. And, uh, I was shame, remorse, guilty. Uh, I went back home uh, as as a hero, but inside me, I knew that I was a coward. I was, uh, you know, at the time, and uh, so here is where I start uh, drinking. I was in my my uh, my cousin's house, and they they offered me a drink, and uh, and I I took a drink, and something happened else that. When I took that drink, it's like all my fears and, and shame and guilt and everything that I, I couldn't stand in my skin another second, it's disappeared. And I loved it. And I find my solution. And since then, from there, I I was I was, uh, I was was living these two double life, one drunk and drug dealers and, and other side being a uh, part of Revolution Guard and pray. And I was like, I couldn't... And, it was a dysfunctional, dysfunctional uh, uh, lifestyle. So mm-hmm. that's basically, uh, and then I got into the, my family said, wow, you know what? In, in at those days when people, kids, they, you know, say, oh yeah, you know, he's, he's not doing good. Let's, 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 uh, you know, get him a wife and uh, everything's going to, anyways, they got me into the forced marriage and, and uh, that's by itself was traumatic, which, which we go through with uh uh,
1: in our story, wow, so many things that you've experienced, and I think the people in the united states we we say we have difficulties and we say we have troubles, but I think they're more just inconveniences than difficulties, like something that you have experienced in your life. And so God loves you, <laughs> you know, God loves you. He protected you through all of those things. You're still here, you're still breathing. Mm-hmm. You're living in Canada today. Tell us a little bit more about your life in Canada. and and how did you get from iran to canada
0: you're listening to the faith and family fellowship podcast we'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors
1: most people do not want to have a discussion about life death and what's beyond the grave it is for this reason that people go through life with blinders on not considering what god has said seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness before you proceed with the process of living For Christ said that He knew when He was going to die, but we could die at any time. Hopefully, this book will serve as a wake-up call. Find your copy of Living With Blinders On on Amazon today. Does God really matter in our modern world? In today's culture, we can look deep into ourselves to find our own truth about anything that concerns us. In Ershuan Thibault's newly released book, A Voice from the Pews, He confronts and dives deep into questions lurking in the pews of humanity. The various topics covered in this book are a collage of thoughts on issues of faith, God, Jesus Christ, and perspectives on life itself. Find your copy of A Voice from the Pews on Amazon
2: today. Well, I... uh... I escaped from, uh, from Iran, that's, it's a totally different story. I escaped from Iran to Istanbul, Istanbul jumped into the midnight train at 12 o'clock and uh, came to uh, Germany and I became a refugee in a refugee camp for two and a half years. And since then I was drunk during, uh, the whole time. And then I escaped and I came to Canada in 1988. And and I really wanted I, I moved to to have a better life. I really wanted to change my life. I didn't know what's wrong with me, Dallas. Like I I really was was searching for something, and I didn't know. And uh, that's how I ended up in Canada in 1988. And you know, and that's uh, and that's my my drinking and drugging and lifestyle just uh, just went down. You see, I. The people that they, they heard my story or they read, uh, they read, my, they read my book and, and they, they, they can't believe it, that, that I'm still alive. And, uh, you know, I've been to 17 treatment centers, 29 detoxes, psych wars, uh, homelessness. And, uh, you know, and, and here's the thing. There was, uh, I really didn't know what was the problem. You know, and uh, until I find out that I have I have trauma, mm-hmm. I have addiction problem. And so I had to really get to the point of going through, uh, I'm also part of the 12-step program that I joined. And then I, I did counseling and trauma group and uh, uh, trying to help other people. Yeah, I, I have a beautiful life. Not easy life. Mm-hmm. Not easy life. See, life is throw stuff at me before i couldn't handle it because i didn't have the tools i didn't have a faith in god or higher power or something bigger than me but today i do i life doesn't happen to me life happened for me and every situation every challenges that i that i encounter or or deal with, it makes me a stronger person. And so to to be a better human, better, better father, better friend. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this, this, this life we call yeah. in the universe.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I my, my life is in no way related to yours. But I did have my own struggles of my own. And I did experience drugs, drug addiction as well. And I understand what that is like trying to find help. And I went to one addiction center and it's called Teen Challenge and it's focused on God. The only reason why I overcame addiction is because of Jesus. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful I didn't have to go to 10 different addiction centers or things like this because I encountered Jesus. He saved my life. And that's why I'm Mm -hmm. alive today. That's why I'm a missionary today in Brazil because God saved my life. And I know if he can save my life, if he can turn my darkness around and restore my family, restore my life, I'm married today, I have a son today, all of these things that I shouldn't have had because of my life, I don't deserve anything. You know you know what that's like. We don't yes. deserve anything, but because of the grace of God, we do. Because he died for us to live, we're here. And I'm so grateful that you are you're here, Essie, and you are continuing mm-hmm. in faith. And you, you're telling people, we can overcome addiction. We can overcome trauma. And I think that's a message yes. that we need to know, especially in 2023 in the United States when addiction is going to become even greater because drugs are becoming more legal. They're, they're expanding the limitations. You can do this legally. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but they're allowing mm-hmm. more things in the U.S. And that's dangerous. That is dangerous. <laughs> And there's going to be more need for trauma resolution, recovery, all of these things are going to be a vital resource to people who are experiencing these things.
2: For sure. Uh, thank you for sharing that with me, Dallas. I really appreciate it. Here in, in Canada, especially in Vancouver, it's it's unbelievable. It's a disaster. They're dying. Like um, there's so many, so many people died because of overdose and fentanyl. And uh, uh, this is, uh, unfortunately, there's a place in, in Vancouver, we call it Main and Hastings. It's like when I, when I drive through there and, and I see that just my heart and I say, you know, it's just, uh, I'm responsible. See, I overcome God, firepower, Jesus, help me to put myself in, in this situation. To be in service yeah. to be in service like because i lack of having you know i have to like today either i'm living in fear or i'm living in fate if i live in faith, that you know what everything that i do uh you know just trying to live in a moment and to be in service and you know i'm not i'm not perfect with but by all means like i have shortcomings and and i'm human i make mistakes and but the one only mistakes that i haven't done in almost coming up to 9 years this time is uh, is to to be part of something to be in service to others and to be praying like i have not missed a day of getting up and bend on my knees and and thank thank God and ask for another day of uh um, you know in this earth sobriety health prosperity and and thinking about and praying for those people that are around me and uh, it's it's absolutely uh, yes addiction and trauma is something that. Um, you know, we, we need to talk about it more. Addiction is not just, uh, you know, everybody. There is, it's in, in my in my belief is there's more people dying of, uh, of uh, addiction than we, we really uh, talk about it. And there's so much, so many resources. I, I've been in Vancouver and I know tons of places, treatment centers, uh, places that people can get help and, and I'm here to help however I can.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much. And you were also featured on TED Talk. That's an amazing, that's an amazing accomplishment. Like not very many people can say that I have been on TED Talk. So what was that experience like? And and what did you talk about? Of course, your story, but tell us a little bit about that experience.
2: Yes, it was actually, uh, it was in 2020, uh, 2020, uh, that I went to uh, to Houston, Texas, Uh, uh, got invited there. And then uh, I, I did my, my talk in, in 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 Houston and it, it was it was a great experience. It's like it's again it's a, I w- it was a gift. It, I, w- w- I was honored to 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 be selected to one of their speakers and and what I talked about is, is human condition. What I talked about is in my TED talk is you know about addiction and trauma. You mm-hmm. know, do not fear of dark. That's where the light is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I watched the right. video and I remember... Yes, and that's the that's so
2: true. That's the light is.
1: Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more? What does that mean? Don't fear the dark because that's where the light is. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, we live in... Great question, Dallas. Uh, okay, we live in a society that I believe our, our uh, generations, new generation are spoiled. You know, we don't... Uh, True, we don't de- enable for us to, to be strong and to be resilient. It's, we go through challenges, we go through pain, we go through struggles. And every struggle that we overcome, guess what happened? It makes us stronger to, to, for the next challenge. Because in life, either we like it or not, either sometimes we are in challenges Or we just left the challenges? Or guess what? We are heading towards. Why? Because we're dealing with human condition. Somebody's going to do something that we're not going to like. Somebody's going to behave a certain way that we don't agree. And and so when we go through this, we get stronger. And that's what I meant, you know. Uh, do not fear the dark. That's where the light is, because that's how you know we walk in the in the alley of darkness. But there is yeah. there is there is light end of the tunnel, and the light is not a train rack. It's a possibility. It's hope. It's uh, love. And we got to just be strong to go through this uh, this journey.
1: Yeah, you said the word resiliency. And so this takes us to your podcast, Resiliency Talks. And so why yes. did you choose this name, Resiliency Talks?
2: It's interesting because it was like four or five years ago, I signed this, uh, something came to me and I did this uh, This uh, domain name. I went on GoDaddy and got this domain name, Resiliency Talk Show. And because I've been told by people that get to know me or my friends or uh, that see your life is like oh my god it's just uh, you overcome so much and and i i believe in to, to resiliency is something like not giving up not mm-hmm. giving up in life resiliency is like okay you 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 lost your job don't give up you lost a loved one's relationship you know, yeah, yes, we, we, you know, we, we go through it and we get up and we go, we uh, come other side. Uh, yeah, in other words, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Do not give up. Simple, but not easy. Yeah. How bad do I want to, you know, because one of the biggest things that I learned through my story, uh, Dallas, is uh, I was living in victimized mentality for many years. Poor me! This happened to me. I was a child. This has happened. You know what? Either I live as long as I live in a victimized excuse mm-hmm. me victimized mentality, I cannot uh, recover. I cannot live from a good my life.
1: from my understanding. I think the world wants to keep you there. Yes. I think the world is like, oh, you're right. So I'm so yeah, sorry. Poor Those, you, Yeah, exactly. They they're encouraging this, and we have to overcome that. We have That's to overcome. Right. Wow, tell me a little bit more about that. What was that like? Overcoming that and standing up and saying, "Yeah, I can overcome. I am resilient." What was that like?
2: You know, when I I remember, I remember I uh, I just I I just got sober this last time, and uh, I was in uh, I was in this place called Cobalt, and having been eating for last three years eating ketchup, and uh, I just missed the. Uh, uh, my my son's wedding, and I couldn't handle it, and I fell down to my knees, Dallas, and and I bawled and I cried and I said, I don't know what you call yourself, God, Jesus, Allah, Buddha, whatever your name is, either kill me or save me, because I cannot do this anymore, hmm. and that moment. Something came in me and the next day, my friend, they came and picked me up. So since then, something happened in my heart. Something happened that I, uh, that's why I I never give up. I got all the treatment, trauma, addiction, uh, 12-step program, helping others, talking things like this, being vulnerable. And see, I'm not a like I There's disclaimer. I'm not a I the time that I decide to write a book, if I tell you a story how, how all these things happened, I couldn't even send the email. I didn't know anything about computer. I asked one of my friends to send the email. I and then, but I decided, I said, I have a story. People, everybody tell me, see you need to tell your story. And then I pray about it. And guess what happened? A year later, I have a book out. And then I imagined that I wanted to go travel and speak about my story and inspire and transform people's life. Guess what happened? I end up in New York, in LA, in New Jersey, and talk about um, this topic. So that's called resiliency. And if someone yeah. like me, who came from basically death, can overcome and, and, and change his life, mm-hmm. I believe. I tell you a story and I finish with this uh, for this conversation. A, over a year ago, I was working in this, uh, this movie industry and I was middle of uh, the tractor and a trailer. I'm trying to unhook this uh, tractor's washroom trailer. I was on my knees. Somebody jumped in a shuttle while I was between these two and start driving and then banged me to the truck, bounced me back to the trailer, dragged me on the trailer. Everybody were yelling and thought that I'm dead. Why am I saying that? because as a result of that, I had overcome all my trauma at and a uh, lot of things happened. But I, you know what, but I haven't given up. Mm-hmm. I got up, I got to do something. I, you know, I had to see doctors, I have to see, so not giving up. That's what I mean by resiliency.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I do want to say one more time, Essie, that I know that God loves you. And I know that he, he sees you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He never stopped caring for you. And mm. just as much as the trauma hurt you and broke your heart, it broke his heart. It broke mm. his heart for you. He was hurting when you were hurting. And you were never alone during these things. And so I'm so grateful, like I said many times, that you're here, that you're talking to us, that you're using this. You're not victimized. you're using this as a place to share and to help people. and we need more people like this who are willing to be vulnerable to help because we're ashamed of our past. we're ashamed. we have guilt and we have all of these things. me too, you know, we've done yes. so many things we're not proud of, but God can use the bad things for his glory. And that's what I'm doing. that's that's why I'm a missionary. That's why we have this podcast is to use our darkness. And use it as light, because God can change everything in our life. And you are a testimony of that. So I want to ask just a couple more questions to end our time here today. What would you say is the most common mistake that people make in suffering? I think our audience wants to know this question today. What is the most common mistake people make when suffering?
2: I believe uh, the common mistake, I at least in my experience, is uh, being silent. And uh, not reaching out, and uh, the the common mistake is like uh, trying to uh, solve whatever challenges that uh, they have by themselves. I'm not big enough. You're not big enough. We are not big enough. We need a source. We need a power greater than ourselves. We need God. That's the biggest thing. And there is a lot of prejudice when it comes to to the, the name of God. But here's the thing, here's the thing: if someone like me, who went through all these, uh, wanted to blow himself up because of the name of a God, and then been through hell, and I'm here, and now I I have faith, I have faith in God that there is something bigger than me. There is something. Uh, so that's the biggest mistake, biggest. Uh, uh, to answer your question, is just having faith and being vulnerable. Also, not being vulnerable because we think people will be judged. People judge us, and um, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did today. How can our audience find you? How can our audience find your podcast? By your book as well.
2: Well, I, I'm, um, you know, the the easiest way is sc Bagiri. Um, uh, you know, Google my name or do not give up now dot com, or uh, I'm uh, I'm open to uh, to to share, to speak, to to be to participate uh, anyway I I can possibly uh, be helpful and yeah and just any anywhere you put Essi Bageri, uh, uh, you can find me.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much. If I can have you end our time together with a prayer. I would really appreciate it.
2: For sure. Thank you, God, for this opportunity for me to share my experience, strength, and hope it, uh, with, uh, with da- Dallas and his audience and uh, the people who are watching this. Uh, please, uh, uh, please, God, direct my thinking to to not think about myself and, and to be in service. Please uh, remove all the blocks from my heart to to get closer to you. Thank you, God, for this opportunity, and uh, amen.
0: Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.